Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study every Sunday morning at the same time that we meet at the church building as the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha. And if you're in Omaha, we encourage you to come and be with us in person. Bible classes begin at 9.30 every Sunday morning, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evening, we come back together at 6 o'clock for another period of worship and Bible study. And on Wednesday evenings, 6.30, we gather together for midweek Bible classes. Now, you're always welcome to any and all of these services. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street. We know, though, that there are people even in the Omaha area who cannot be with us at these prescribed times, and so we are broadcasting God's Word, teaching God's Word through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts for those who cannot be with us in person. We know there are people also in other parts of the country who listen. They want to be in God's Word. They want to hear God's Word taught. They want to understand it better. And that's important because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We know there are people listening in other parts of the world as well. So we're thankful to have the opportunity and the ability and the means to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis through the medium of the Internet and by means of these podcasts. We're thankful you're there. We're thankful that we're here with you. We do encourage you to tell everybody you can about these studies and even share them through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. Help somebody else grow in their knowledge of God's Word and in their faith according to God's Word. Help them by sharing. And also tell everybody to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and sign up for our podcasting. Click in the podcast link and sign up for that podcasting. It's free. It always will be free. And then they will receive not only our Sunday morning Bible class, but also a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a daily Monday through Friday radio program called Search the Scriptures, and a short Bible class every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes each day, but we call that today's Bible class. Keeps people in God's Word and helps keep them strong in their faith. So tell everybody you can. We're going to get back into our Line of thought and study. We're studying in the book of Judges. We have been going through the first several books of the Old Testament. We've looked at Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, and now Judges. And we're seeing at this particular point the digression and then repentance, restoration, and then followed by another digression and then repentance, and then restoration, and we're really kind of on a merry-go-round, a Ferris wheel, a teeter-totter, however you want to, however you want to, you know, describe it. But the people of Israel at this point, after Joshua has died, and he has led them to to conquer most of the promised land by this time, which what which became the nation of Israel but they stopped short and they allowed some of the foreign peoples to continue to live in that land and the problem was that those peoples were idol worshipers and so even though initially the the Israelites had them under subjection to them 
later, as time went on, they became more and more influenced by them to begin worshiping idols with them. And in response to that, God continually brought judgment upon the Israelites and allowed their enemies to conquer them and put them in in a state of subjection. And then, as we have been reading over the last uh, chapter or two of Judges, and we're in chapter four today, but we have already seen a progression of these judges, or maybe I should say a succession of these judges. And so, as I said, what we're seeing is God has blessed the Israelites by giving them the land, by defeating their enemies before them in battle. But they did not quite follow God's instruction all the way. He told them, completely drive out those people from that land or else destroy them altogether, but have no relationships with them. Do not allow them to remain in the land. Well, after battle, after battle, after battle, after battle, literally, multitude of battles and victories over those people, destroying them or driving them out, Joshua got old and Joshua ultimately stepped aside and he died physically. Well, so the people, they fought a little bit more, but they got, I think we can understand they got tired of fighting. And so they stopped. And that was the the big mistake because that was disobedience to God to begin with and those people that they allowed to stay in those in in their land while as i said a moment ago while they were basically in subjection to the israelites they ultimately came to influence the israelites more and more to become unfaithful to god and start worshiping their idols And then, in response to that, God brought judgment upon them, that is, upon the Israelites, by allowing their enemies to conquer them, to defeat them in battle, and put them under some degree of subjection. Well, that went on for hundreds and hundreds of years. And even when we looked through the previous chapter, and that was chapter 3, we saw where the Israelites, they would become unfaithful to God. They would be worshiping idols. God would bring judgment upon them by allowing their enemies to conquer them. And then the people would come to some degree, at least, of repentance. And they'd cry to God through prayer for deliverance, and he would raise up a judge to deliver them. So Othniel is the first one that is mentioned. And after God had defeated through this particular judge. The judge led the Israelite warriors in battle. They defeated the enemy that had conquered them by God's judgment. Then the people stayed more faithful to God for a period of time. But then time would go on, and we looked at one case where it was 40 years of repentance, of faithfulness to God, basic faithfulness to God. And then another time it was 80 years. But when you look at a few generations passing, the people, you know, the younger generations grow up, 
I think we can understand that almost certainly the the adult generations, the parents, the grandparents, fail to be as diligent as they needed to be in teaching their children and grandchildren about God and to be faithful to God. And so the people go back into the worship of idols again. God brings judgment upon them again by allowing another enemy to conquer them. And then they come to repentance. They pray to God. God raises up another judge. The second one mentioned is Ehud. And then the uh, third one was Shamgar. And then we come to chapter 4, and we come to another one, and that's going to be Deborah. It's interesting. Deborah, a a woman, she's going to be a judge uh, of Israel and going to deliver them from the subjection that they have been under for a period of time now uh, as a result of God allowing another enemy to, to conquer them and to put them in subjection. Now, chapter 4, beginning with verse 1, when Ehud was dead, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. And this is the way it goes with the Israelites continually through their history until ultimately God allows first Assyria, Assyria, and then second, Babylon, to completely depopulate the land of Israel, with the exception of some older folks and some infirm folks, physically infirm. But basically, he just removes them from their land by means of these conquering nations. And they're gone for decades and decades and decades. And then finally, in that period of captivity, they finally come to full repentance and they put the worship of idols out of their conscience forever. And God restores them to their land. Well, but we're a long, long way from that in Judges chapter 4. So, when Ehud was dead, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. And here's that seesaw again, that teeter-totter, up and down and up and down, back and forth, round and round. They don't seem to learn their lesson. They just don't seem to learn their lesson. Again, for hundreds and hundreds of years. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who dwelt in Harasheth, Hagoyim, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now here they go. All right, they're in subjection now. They've been conquered again. So now they cry out again to God in prayer. Oh, please deliver us. They're they're demonstrating repentance. And, And, okay, genuine repentance... Um, at least to a great extent. They don't seem to ever put away completely the worship of idols for a long, long, long time, but, but they repent before God and they ask for his deliverance. So for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron and for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. So how the tides have turned. Israel had been the conquerors, Now, God raises up enemies to conquer them, and they're oppressed. Now, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lepidoth, was judging Israel at that time. So God uses Deborah as a judge. 
And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim, and the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinoam, and from Kadesh, I'm sorry, from Kadesh and, and in Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor? Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and of the sons of Zebulun, and against you I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and with his multitude at the river Kishon, and I will deliver him into your hand. And so Deborah is basically prophesying and instructing uh, Barak to lead the warriors of two of the Israelite tribes against the general-in-chief, I guess you would say, of, of Canaan. And God says, I will deliver him into your hand. And Barak said to her, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. So she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking. For the Lord will sell Sisera into, your, in, into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. So Deborah says, and here she's prophesying again, I will be the one who ultimately kills Sisera. And he was, again, the general-in-chief, basically, of the army of Canaan, who had put Israel under subjection. Verse 10, And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kedesh, and he went up with 10,000 men under his command, and Deborah went up with him. Now, Heber, the Kenite, of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, had separated himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent near the terebinth tree at Zanaim, which is beside Kedesh. And they reported to Sisera that Barak, the son of Abinoam, had, go- had gone up to Mount Tabor. So Sisera gathered together all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the people who were with him from Herosheth, Hagoyim, to the river Kishon. Now, chariots, probably the, the closest comparison we could have as to what they would be like in battle compared to our modern uh, implements of battle would be, they'd be like our tanks. Okay. Uh, now, again, they're not going to shoot out explosive rounds, but that would be the closest comparison probably. So, Verse 14, then Deborah said to Barak, up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Herosheth Hagoyim, and all the army of Sisera fell at the, by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. So in other words, Barak 
his warriors completely wiped out the Canaan army under Sisera. However, Sisera had fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the the Kenite, for there was peace between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the house of Heber, the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me, do not fear. And when he had turned aside with her into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. Then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a jug of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him. And he said to her, Stand at the door of the tent, and if any man comes and inquires of you and says, Is there any man here? You shall say, No. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg. And I said it would be Deborah who would take his life. No, it would be, it would be this other woman, Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg and, and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple and it went down into the ground for he was fast asleep and weary. So he died. And so now even Sisera, the commander of the army of Canaan, all of the army that he took with him were, were wiped out and now he was dead as well. In verse 22, and then as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said to him, Come, I will show you the man whom you seek. And when he went into her tent, there lay Sisera dead with the peg in his temple. So on that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, in the presence of the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against Jabin, king of of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, king of of Canaan. Now, the next chapter has what is referred to as the Song of Deborah, and that's chapter 5. But God used Deborah as judge of Israel, and she instructed Barak to lead the men of, the, of, of those two tribes in battle against Sisera, the commander of the Canaan army, and that army, by God's blessing, was wiped out completely, and so Je- uh, uh, Sisera also was killed. And then the people, the Israelites, they ultimately then destroyed even the king of Canaan. And so God restored them. Now, you would think, surely by this time they should have lo- learned their lesson, but after a period of time, once again, they went back into the worship of idols, became unfaithful to God. And in chapter 6, we find the Midianites then rising up against the, the Israelites and oppressing them. We're going to actually skip over chapter 5, the Song of Deborah. I'll let you take your time to read that. And uh, we will pick up with chapter 6 next time. And we'll see, again, another period of downtime for the Israelites as they become unfaithful to God, and then they cry out for God's deliverance, and he raises up another judge, and this time Gideon. And that's a fascinating story in, in, in itself. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us the records of 
the Israelites who made such mistakes, and, and that's, not, that's not being mean-spirited toward them. It's just their example we can learn from. They made such mistakes in failing to stay faithful to you and dedicated to you and obedient to you on a consistent basis. And they paid the price for that by your judgment. Help us, Father, to learn. Help us to learn and to be wise in staying the course of faithfulness to you always, we pray, Father. Please, we pray, and help us along this line. Please please forgive us. Hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.